Hey everybody, Joe McCall, REI in your car. What's up? How you doing? So I think this is part five. I was talking about in the last four episodes, kind of my story, how I got started in real estate investing, and a lot of the people that influenced and helped me along the way. And uh, so I'm just driving home right now from my son's practice, baseball practice, I'm the coach. And um, so I just thought about this and I thought, man, I need to finish this before I forget what I was talking about last time. So. I think last time I was talking about how I was wholesaling deals, right? And I started wholesaling deals because I bought, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to buy one more course and I'm going to do what this guy says to do and I'm not going to change anything. So it was Chris Chico's course, Virtual Wholesaling. And I think he used to call it Absentee Profits or Absentee Owner Profits or something like that at first. And he was kind of the first guy that really talked a lot about doing, sending postcards, doing deals virtually, because at the time it was getting harder to do deals in Florida because Florida had really hit the market, got hit by the market really hard. So he was actually doing deals virtually. And at the time I didn't know anybody else that was really teaching that. And in fact, I remember people on uh, flippinghomes.com that were uh, kind of mocking the idea of being able to virtually wholesale deals. So I thought this is cool. And I didn't want to do it in another state. I wanted to do virtual wholesaling in my own city. So I started doing virtual wholesaling in St. Louis. My first deal, through all of my mistakes, I made 12 grand, something like that. And I was excited. I thought, man, this is awesome. I can do this stuff. But at the same time, I'm still kind of trying really hard to dig myself out of this huge hole I had dug myself in. Um, I was in tons and tons of debt. Um, thank Thank God I've paid all my private investors back. But, um, yeah, so I was in a world of hurt. Now, so I was still working full-time job, 50, 60 hours a week, still stressed out because I'm trying to do real estate, um, you know, looking at all this money I'd spent on real estate education and still didn't feel like I had much to show for it. But I was wholesaling deals, maybe doing one deal a month, one deal every couple months, and you remember I talked before about lease options. I really liked lease options because lease options allow you to control property without owning it. And I had had all these properties and I was losing some to short sales, some to foreclosure, um, getting behind on payments on our own mortgage and it was just a disaster. And so I said, I don't wanna own another house ever again. I don't wanna own another deed. I don't want to be responsible for any more mortgage payments. There were times when I would have three or four vacancies on my properties. And I was so stressed out. And I'd look at my website and I'd have these properties being advertised as lease options or for rent, you know. And um, uh, it was just stressful because I had to make the payments. And then I would, you know, when you're in that kind of a position, you take the first person that applies, whether they have some money because that money will allow you to make another mortgage payment. And so... I was taking in these really bad tenants that I should have never taken because I needed to pay the mortgage bills. And uh, these tenants would 
pay a down payment and then would stop paying, would trash the house. It was just a vicious circle. There was a period of time when I had three, four, five properties in a row with really bad tenants just taking advantage of me. And oh, anyway, I had a fire on one house, another house, they completely trashed it. I didn't even know how bad it was. And, and then I didn't even know they were, uh, anyway, long story. Uh, there was one time uh, I had a subject to house. And so I had I'd taken over the existing mortgage, I'd taken the deed to the property and the seller's mortgage was still in place and I was still making their mortgage payments. I never missed a mortgage payment. And um, the seller kept on calling me and wanting me to cash her out, but there was still like three or four years left in the contract with her. Um, so one time she knocked on the door of the tenant because I had a tenant buyer in the house. I'd bought it subject to, and then I advertised it as a lease option to get a tenant buyer in the house. And uh, so the tenant, I mean, the seller went to the house, knocked on the door, and talked to the tenant buyer that was there and said, hey, um, when are you going to buy this house? And the tenant buyer said, well, what are you talking about? Who are you? And the seller said, I own the house. <laughs> the tenant buyer said, well, I thought Joe owned the house. No, no, he doesn't. I own the house. When are you going to get a mortgage and buy the house? And so then the tenant buyer freaked out. It's like, what is going on? And, of course, I disclosed to them at the beginning that um, that there was an existing mortgage in place in somebody else's name or whatever. I don't remember all the details. But the fact of the matter is, now I've got the seller mad at me and the tenant buyer's mad at me and freaking out and calling the attorney. I get a call from an attorney. What are you doing? And uh, the attorney gets all mad because they're, they're accusing me of mortgage fraud by taking over a mortgage and stuff like that. So I... I did calm it down. I calmed the whole situation down. And I explained everything to everybody. And I said, listen, um, I have three more years left in this contract. The tenant buyer has a year left to buy it. Um, everybody needs to relax. And so after explaining everything, every, you know, it kind of chilled out. But that's the kind of stuff that was hitting me like left and right. And I'm working 50, 60 hours a week. And I'm trying to do real estate in the evenings. And I got a family and um, just completely stressed out. Well, so I liked... Lease options, right? I liked lease options because it allows you to control property without owning it. And so I asked myself a question. I said, why can't I wholesale lease options? And I was getting really frustrated and tired of um, in my marketing because I was doing a lot of direct mail and I was throwing away a ton of leads. I was throwing away a lot of leads that did not have equity. The, the seller wasn't motivated enough. Even though the market was down, um, it was tough. I mean, and I, I've heard the complaints from people, and I've made the complaints myself. When the market was hot, when it was flat, when it was hot, cold, falling apart at the seams, everybody will find a reason to complain about the market. Hold on one second. So even back then, I was complaining about the market. It was hard to do deals. The, um, but anyway, so I was, I was getting tired as well of throwing away all these leads that didn't have any equity. And I thought, well, what if I did a lease option on these houses that don't have any equity and then I sell that assign I, I assign or sell that contract to a tenant buyer and then I step out of the deal so I got all excited about that and I didn't know anybody else that was really doing it I found some websites and forums that were doing it there was a forum at the time called naked investor naked-investor.com and don't freak out about that name um, there was a, the guy who started I think his name was Michael Carbonaire, I think. 
really cool guy, really nice guy, and he had a great forum, and people were doing this, and they were calling it cooperative assignments. And um, I was kind of studying that, and um, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to figure all this out, and so I started doing it, and I uh, finding tenant buyers on lease option homes, and um, I was doing it all wrong. I was screwing it all up. I, I was uh, getting in other investors who had properties, and I was finding tenant buyers, and I was only getting like. 500 or a thousand bucks. I was getting maybe one month's rent as a, an assignment fee. And I thought, nah, this is this is a lot of work for only a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks. And I had an assistant, a virtual assistant at the time. Um, boy, I forget her name. I think it was Karen. She said to me, Joe, um, you're, you're doing a lot of work. You're only making like a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. You should talk to this other guy that I work for because he does it a little differently and he does, does something similar to you and I think he makes more money than you do on each of these deals. And I said, really? So she gave me his name. I looked up his website and sure enough, I, uh, I called the guy up. His name is Vincent. And um, he's doing deals in Atlanta at the time from his beach condo in Florida or something like that. And um, I called the guy up and he was nice and we talked and he... I told him what I was doing, and he's like, he slapped me across the head <laughs> over the phone. I said, what are you doing that for, you idiot? And I was like, what? And he said, no, you, you can keep the entire option deposit money, or the option consideration money the tenant buyer puts down. So then I got really intrigued by what he was doing. He was using a contract. I don't want to get into all the details, but it was a little different the way he was doing it. And um, I started doing it with some of his contracts. I wasn't using all of his contracts. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. And all of a sudden, I started doing these deals and making more money per deal. And um, yeah, Vincent really helped me a lot. Um, kind of, kind of put my head straight, head on straight. Kind of made me think about it in a different way because before I was kind of selling the lease option concept to the seller, right? I was trying to convince them to do it, and um, instead of just making an offer. And I, so I started changing things how I did it. About the same time. Um, I met some other guys like John Jackson out in Texas and uh, started looking at the way John Jackson was doing deals. He's doing something similar in, in, in Dallas-Fort Worth. And then uh, a guy named Todd Toback out in San Diego was doing some lease options. He had a course called the Lease Purchase Wealth Manual. And um, he called it Teamwork Assignments. And then there was, you know, Naked Investor Michael Carbonera was doing Cooperative Assignments. And uh, Claude Diamond, I think, was calling it arbitrage something. Or, um, I forget. And so I started looking what all these guys were doing, and I thought, this is fantastic. And I started kind of combining them into my own little thing and started actually doing really good money. And I didn't have to... Well, I stopped doing direct mail because I realized I could get all the leads I could handle for free on Craigslist. So I started sending text messages... And at the time, I was doing voice blasts, which I stopped doing. I don't do that anymore. And I was finding more leads than I could handle for free right there on Craigslist. And I would just, I had my VA send text messages um, asking the um, sellers, would you want to do a lease option on your house? And they would say, yeah. And then I'd send them, I'd talk to them on the phone, and I'd send them a contract. And um, at the time, I was, uh, I don't remember all the details, but... Um, it was a, it was about two years later that I started, well, no, okay, never mind. I'm getting too deep into the details and the weeds, but 
I started making a lot more money and I started doing these deals really consistently. And I really started falling in love with the strategy of flipping lease options or assigning a lease option. And it's really simple where you find a seller that doesn't have enough equity or maybe they do, but they're not willing to share any of it with you. And you just give them an offer for practically almost whatever price they want, as long as they're willing to wait for it and they're willing to lease their property for a year, two years or whatever, and then sell it. You can get that property under a lease option contract and I become the tenant buyer, right? And then I advertise, I, I, I treat the deal like a sandwich lease option and I sublease it, advertise it out, and then I assign my contract or sell my, my contract, all right? I don't want to get into all the details, but that's pretty much it. I flip the lease option or I assign it to a tenant buyer and then I'm out of the picture. I mean, I think there was a time when I was, I was, um, I was assigning it to the seller. I forget. <laughs> I did it backwards for a little while and then I changed it around again, but it was great. Within three months of flipping these lease options, I was making more money doing that part-time than I was in my full-time job. And, uh, I was, I was excited. I mean, it was like really clicking for me. I wasn't spending a ton of money on marketing. These deals were a lot easier to get under contract. I was getting to a point where I was getting so many leads I needed some help. So I, I got a friend that helped me with these leads and I kind of trained him what to say to sellers and how to make the offers. The offers are really simple. It's just like, whatever you want, you know, tell us what you want. And if you want to do a lease option, we'll send you a contract. And, and that was it. And I learned over time how to be careful with what I was saying because I'm not brokering deals. I'm not in the business of finding a tenant for the seller. So yet, you know, learning how that, all of that, uh, those little minor details, big, major details actually are important to understand. But so all of a sudden I'm getting a ton of deals and I'm getting, uh, I have my virtual assistant doing all the marketing. I have a friend that's getting, that's taking all the leads and calling the sellers and getting them under contract. And uh, now my problem is I have too many deals. And I can't handle the volume. So I'm thinking about, like, what can I do with these? And uh, so I hired a realtor, actually, to market and advertise the properties for me. And that helped a lot with the whole licensing issues. Um, so I now I had a realtor advertising the houses for me. And pretty soon, again, again, within three months, I had a VA doing the marketing, a friend taking the leads, and a realtor advertising the homes. And I wasn't doing much of anything at all. And that's when I quit my job. That was in the spring of 2009. And um, it was pretty awesome. I remember very vividly once I was talking to Todd Toback. I bought his course, Lease Purchase Wealth. And he, has, he uses contracts. He calls it teamwork assignments. And um, I was talking to Todd because I bought his course. And then part of that course was a free coaching call with him. And it was supposed to be 15 minutes. And it was like 30, 45 minutes. And he was a nice guy. I was, and I asked him, I said, Todd, now come on, be completely honest with me. Can I make a full-time income doing this business? And I remember so clearly, he was, he was silent for a second or two, and he said, yes, of course you can. And I said, all right, that's it. I believe it. I mean, I was out in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, on a project. I was sick and tired of, tri of driving. I drove for a couple hours. I'd have to spend the night out in the middle of nowhere at this hotel uh, to work on this job, and I was so frustrated. I hated my job. I wanted to quit. I was tired of traveling so much, and uh, I said, "This is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen." And so it was an, you know, it was a big evolution. I'm still kind of evolving in my business. And uh, a couple years later, uh, I found an attorney that does all of my lease options for me, 
and uh, so my contracts have changed many times over the years, and um, I now use an escrow company. I now have my license, um, and there's a lot of different ways you can do these kinds of deals. Some people will get all upset and excited about the right way and the wrong way to do these things, and um, you know, you just need to seek legal counsel. You need to get the advice of a, a good real estate investor-friendly attorney, attorney, and um, get yourself some good education. So I, you know, when Todd told me, um, Joe, you can do this, uh, I mean, I believed him. I said, okay, that's it. I know I can do it. I know I can do it full time. And then uh, right after I quit my job, um, I contacted John Jackson and I said, hey, listen, can I come down to Dallas, spend a couple days with you? One day, I think is what it was. And I, I sent him a bunch of money and I said, I want to learn how to treat this like a real business. I want to learn how to do it like a business. And he said, yeah, sure. So I went out, hung out with him for a day. And it was so good because I got to see him actually talk to sellers. I realized how easy it was. And he didn't treat it like a hobby. He treated it like a business. And he showed me how important it was to have systems in place, to keep it simple, to be professional, um, to take seller leads seriously, to take marketing seriously and stop wasting money on a bunch of leads and not doing anything with them right away. And uh, I got to go look at some houses with him, got to meet some tenant buyers with him. Um, I saw him and listened to him talk to sellers and send them offers and proposals. Uh, I thought, man, I, I left that thinking, I was so excited because I knew I could do it. If John Jackson, that goofball, <laughs> you can tell him I said that, if he could do it, right, then I could do it. If all these guys over the years that had taught me this business could do it, then I knew I could. And uh, I'm so appreciative to all of them. Who, has, who have helped me, and you know, it would take me 30 minutes to an hour to name all of them, but um, I just thought I would uh, tell you my story. And, and you know, things have slowly evolved and changed over time. You know, it was a couple years after this, I think, that um, a lot of people started asking me to teach them how to do it. Started my podcast, and um, yeah, that's it. So, I think I'm done telling you my story of how I got started in real estate investing, and it's a it's a story that uh, continues to evolve and it'll probably never end. And I'm hoping that you, by listening to this, will think about and develop your own story. Uh, these things, as you're getting into this business, you know, keep a diary, keep a journal, and try to try to remember these things because um, as you start getting in, you know start getting more and more experience doing deals, maybe you'll have a story to tell someday. Maybe you'll be a coach or a trainer or an educator and or a guru, right? And you can remember kind of where it was, where you were when you got started and um, what it's like. And these are important things to remember and not forget. Okay? All right. Take care, guys. Everybody. See you later.